Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. Happy holidays, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight on the bonus round, we are talking our top three favorite Angry Video Game Nerd holiday episodes, followed by a review of the Home Alone games. So stick around. The show starts right now. Welcome to Collateral Gaming Bonus Round. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Bo Maddox. And we are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it bongs, be it blunts, joints, whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. Uh, yeah, I'm smoking it right now, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's the legal Delta 8 variety, but you know. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, for those of you that celebrate Christmas, we hope you had a very Merry Christmas. I mean, Bo, did you did you get anything cool for Christmas? Any any cool presents? or? Well, I should be getting an upgrade on my iPhone here very soon, so okay. that's, that's kind of my Christmas gift for this year. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that that's pretty cool. But other than that, th- this is how you know that you finally kind of hit peak adulthood is when you hit, you hit Christmas – and then the the first thing you open up is socks, and you're just like, fuck, yeah, socks, I need this. Right? So I got mostly clothes for Christmas. I got one game that we needed for the podcast. And, you know, other than that, you know, it was most, mostly clothes and some what, snacks. What game was that? Uh, Hellblade Sinua's Sacrifice. Nice. Nice, man. Hell yeah. The game we're doing later this season. And I actually started it today, and then my PS4 overheated, so whatever. God damn it, that sucks. <laughs> but yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus, whatever you celebrate, or if you don't celebrate anything at all. Blessed Yule to the pagans. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's uh, it's been a great time. You know, I, I enjoyed Christmas. I'm enjoying the rest of the holiday season up until New Year's. Hopefully 2022 uh, comes with, uh, I don't know joyousness i hope so i mean (laughs) i don't know what to say but today we are going to do a holiday edition of the bonus round uh i think we managed yeah we we did turn one out last season as well but uh for for this episode we're starting by celebrating the angry video game nerd which for you bo i mean that's kind of one of your holiday traditions right yeah it's kind of a tradition every uh, holiday season pretty much ever since i went vegan and ever since that i started the podcast is to just go back and start watching all of the angry video game nerd episodes pretty much from beginning to end you know i mean I don't really go for the uh, the seasons that he has kind of put together, like uh, like the six hour long videos or whatever, because a lot of those have um, episodes that really are just not available anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think your playlist even includes 
episodes that are unlisted on the Set of Massacre channel. A, a few of them, yeah, at least. But yeah, anybody that has watched YouTube, you know, game reviewers and whatnot, I've, I've all seen James Rolfe's the, the Angry Video Game Nerd. I mean, it is a classic. He's been doing it for how long? Um, at least since 2003-ish, I think. Damn. Early, early to mid-2000s at the very least. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, part of that was releasing holiday episodes. And it feels like the nerd kind of always goes, you know, a little bit out of his way on the holiday to review just all kinds of shitty games. It does seem that way. I mean, especially when it comes to a certain type of religious game that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, well, actually, I guess let's go ahead and get into that. I mean, what 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 is your first pick on our, on our list of uh, top angry video game nerd holiday episodes? My first holiday episode from AVGN is the Bible Games episode. Like, not specifically the... Uh, the later episodes that came, mostly the first one, and there's some cool games. There's like, there's like that one like three game thing. It has like the Baby Moses game and then the Noah's Ark game and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, 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 there's also like a, a Virgin Mary game, and that's like a rip off of Super Mario Two or some shit. <laughs> yes. It's like a lot of these games seem to be like rip offs of Super Mario Two, and it also had Super Noah's Ark 3D on it, which is a Wolfenstein clone. No, it's literally the same game just with swapped assets. Now here's the thing about that. Legend has it that uh, id Software. They were kind of pissed at the Super Nintendo for butchering the uh, Wolfenstein 3D port on that. Mm-hmm. Like, they censored it and they took out a lot of levels and whatnot. That apparently they gave the source code to this particular uh, company that made this specifically as a fuck you to Nintendo. That's so, awesome. I mean, that that's why it's kind of fun to see that on this episode because, yeah, that's what it is. It's a middle finger and who else but... Uh, AVGN, James Rolfe, to kind of amplify that middle finger, right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that actually was his first holiday episode, I believe. I think it was, yeah. It's at least one of the first that's listed on the uh, on the playlist. Yeah, it, it seems it's listed first on the playlist, at least. But I, I, I love how the nerd just kind of dissects these games. I mean, a lot of them aren't very different from each other, but throughout all of it, he just conveys how much bullshit it is I, and I, I just gotta ask why is it that most all christian media is just terrible i don't know i mean we just showcased some examples of that recently namely last ounce of courage on our christmas episode on collateral cinema and it's just like why is it that all this is such crap you know i mean to be fair the super noah's art game is kind of okay in a way i mean it's wolfenstein so you know it's it's not any worse than that game yeah it it is the actual proprietary code from id software so i mean yeah it's practically the same game just reskinned exactly just reskinned so but yeah and i and i like how he doesn't take a necessarily irreverent attitude toward you know the 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 fact that these are christian games just that you know these are just bad games <laughs> yeah just bad games in general i mean he's kind of a you know he he's uh, all encompassing when it comes to the games that he talks about and he, here it's like no 
like no question, no difference here. So. Yeah, and you know, you know what's funny though? It, it it seems just just a little ironic that all of these games are bootleg games. I know, right? Like none of these have the Nintendo quality seal at all. How, how does that happen? I mean, from a Christian media organization, and they're all technically illegal. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> But I mean, this is also just good as an AVGN episode, really. Yeah, you it know, is. I mean, James James as the AVGN. I mean, he's just like 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 you said, he's not really like attaching attacking the religious aspect. He's just like, my God, it's like this shit is just shit. What the fuck? <laughs> and of course, you know, in his colorful way of doing so. In his colorful way. Yeah, colorful. Like that's an understatement, I would say. Well, my first pick is going to have to be the Sega Activator Interactor Minister episode. The second I saw this episode, I was like, okay, this has to be in my list. And it was originally in your list too, right? I was going to put it in my list, but you uh, kind of beat me to it. But what I like about it is that it's one of those first uh, nerd episodes that really starts to kind of become high concept, you know? Like... Like, they went ahead and actually spent some money to build a set, buy breakaway props. You know, they bought a Christmas tree and set it up. They got all the actual accessories, which I think it's pretty much all a Super Nintendo. Uh, not Super Nintendo. It's all Sega Genesis, Sega Genesis accessories yeah. this time. You know, and he did a Nintendo accessories and a Game Boy accessories uh, episode. So it only makes sense that he would do this one. And. Uh, we watched the commentary he did. He did a commentary on that episode. If you watch the commentary, he actually spent a lot of money. This was, at the time, the most expensive AVGN episode. Yeah. And also, I mean, he, he talked about kind of, you know, how like there was some difficulty in actually kind of pulling it all off, you know. But, right. but getting Keith Apicary, who is just fucking phenomenal yes. in this. I love it because it's just so chaotic. I mean, they're just beating the shit out of each other. They're destroying the entire room. And, and Keith just does a great job, you know, with, with just going crazy. I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of method acting there. A lot of it. You know, a lot of very <laughs> physical slapstick. You know, it's a very slapsticky episode. It's such a silly episode, but it, it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's one of the first ones where, I mean, it's really about, you know, the characters themselves, you know, Apicary and the nerd rather than you know what like just you know focusing on a game or even just focusing on the accessories the accessories are just kind of part of the episode they're not like the actual focus the focus yeah. is the mayhem that's true i mean this is one episode where you know for uh you know for a change of pace you're actually kind of seeing more of just creative content and and I do appreciate that concept. I mean, that's why it made the top of my list. Um, he doesn't spend too long talking about each accessory, just kind of brief introduction. They do that sort of uh, like 80s style commercial, and they do it exactly in the style of, of the way those commercials would be at the time. Yeah, they really kind of break it down like, technolo style. like technologically, kind of in, in that advertisement speak and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that 90s style. And... You know, and, and, and you, it speaks for itself, you know. Does the accessory work or not? Uh, I think the uh, the 
sports-related ones did what they were supposed to do. The golf one and the baseball bat one look like they work, and it's kind of like, there's not much else to say about it. It actually works, but, you know, it's very only very useful for these very specific types of games. So. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when the Nintendo Wii came out and they had that sports pack that came yes. out with, like, like, it had, like, a golf club and a tennis racket and a baseball bat, and it's like, you're just literally buying extra hunks of plastic. That's all you're doing. Exactly. That's literally all that is. They don't have any type of technological functionality. It's just something to put the Wii remote in. Right. And, I mean, even the, the recent, like, Nintendo Labo is, like, almost feels like it's an even, like, slap your slap to the face. It's kind of like, it's, oh, yeah, it's you're going to buy, you're going to pay for cardboard boxes? Yeah, you piece of shit. You're <laughs> definitely going to pay for this. Yeah, I could totally see a Nintendo Labo uh, angry video game nerd episode someday. I could totally see that. Because <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling that he's probably going to start doing some more recent games here pretty soon. That you know? would be cool. Because, you know, you, you can definitely dive into, and even if he doesn't want to, if he wants to focus on kind of the feel of retro games, there's plenty of indie games that encompass that, or just long-running series, or, you know, specifically like Nintendo. Well, there was that episode that he did where he specifically talked about angry video game nerd games. So, you know, yeah, he can kind of get meta like that anyways. That's so, cool. Yeah, he, he does kind of need to go ahead and maybe do some... Maybe some more 360 and PS3 games. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be the most logical uh, next step for him. Would be to kind of. Well, start has he doing done that. any like? Uh, has has he done like the GameCube PS2 I th- era? I think he has done uh, some GameCube and PS2 games. Yeah. Yeah. He has kind of touched on that before. So that makes sense. So yeah, maybe the uh, 360 PS3 and maybe the early PS4 Xbox One era. Maybe that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely the stuff from what is now two generations ago can is is worth the uh, is, is kind of has that nostalgic feel to it now. It does kind of, yeah, you know. But I guess moving on, what what is going to be your second pick, Bo? My second pick is actually the first one that I showed Robert, who isn't mm-hmm. here with us, but. It's the Macaulay Culkin Home Alone episode. Culkin, The McCulkin, yeah, we just got to say once again, Dakota, you were going to be the new McCulkin, man. You were we the chosen one. We were going to make you a star, man. We were going to make a straight-up Home Alone reboot, and it would have been amazing. It would have been, and it would have been better than the one that just came out. Wait. Hold no, on. no, there, there, there are no other Home Alone movies other than the other two. Nope, nope, nope. There's just, there's just those two. That's it. No, no other, <laughs> none whatsoever. Yeah, but in this episode, uh, James kind of reviews the remaining Home Alone games, which hadn't already been covered. I mean, I, he did uh, the two NES games on the Christmas Carol episode. Yeah, but you know, in this one, he kind of shows up with Macaulay Culkin playing the character of. The pizza boy slash himself. Which is really awesome. I mean, it's not the first time that he got somebody who was some celebrity status on the show. Like, of course, he had um, he had Lloyd Kaufman from Troma Entertainment on oh, the yeah. show to review Troma games, which was a cool episode. That's awesome. And then I believe he had Gilbert Gottfried on the show, and who actually played the role of Fred Fox, <laughs> which was really, really awesome. I think it was in a... Maybe the Jurassic Park episode or like the Black Tiger episode, I believe. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, he did. He did actually do a very recent game that that Legend of Black Tiger game that's all infamous for being really, really shitty. Oh God. Yeah. So he he actually did an indie game recently. Wow. Well, yeah. we're we're gonna talk about the Home Alone game specifically later. But so I guess there's not much to talk about as far as the games go. But as far as the way that the nerd approaches this episode, I, I love the running gag between him and Macaulay Culkin, who at first uh, the nerd doesn't realize is actually Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, he thinks that he's the pizza boy from the beginning of the movie when yeah. everybody's <laughs> like trying to get ready for the trip uh, the night before and they order all the pizza for dinner. Yeah, but goddamn, can you imagine being Macaulay Culkin and realizing that movies that were made in your likeness movies sorry video games that were made in your likeness were just complete utter ass oh man i would be offended in so many ways like <laughs> seriously and he play he plays that up in this episode yeah. so i mean and, and that's what's funny about it and then finally whenever it's revealed that he's macaulay culkin he's uh ralph is just like macaulkin macaulkin Damn it, Dakota! You could have been our McCulkin. Could have been our McCulkin, Dakota. And God, you fucked it. it up. You fucked it up, man. You fucked it up. One. You were my brother. I loved you. One goddamn Takashi Miike movie, and you're not even with us anymore. You were supposed to become the McCulkin. Yes, you were supposed to become the McCulkin, man. Not Let's destroy it. <laughs> I don't know, but Macaulay Culkin is great in this episode i mean I, I think there's a little bit of of improvised work there going on because there's one moment in particular where you know avgn i think sort of breaks character and kind of laughs a few times rolf does yeah he, he's just like i mean and to be fair he did that with uh, lloyd kaufman a little bit as well yeah so and, and just kind of seeing their chemistry together and the you know hold me <laughs> hold gag. me hold me and then there's that moment where it's like don't touch me where he's just that angry Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. That was a really fun episode, and it almost made my list as well, to be honest. I mean, it was a hard pick. Yeah, yeah, it really was. But we'll have more to say about the I mean, home. Okay. I, I actually uh, was. I actually replaced this with something else. I was going to do the entirety of the 12 Days of Shitmas on this, but I felt that that was maybe a little excessive, because that's literally 12 games in one. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it is an honorable mention, though. I mean, especially for Crazy Bus. Oh, totally. Totally for Crazy Bus. Crazy Bus! And also, at the very end, the LJN uh, art console. Oh, God, That yeah. thing. That piece of shit. How the fuck did LJN make a fucking console? God damn. God damn know. it, man. But as we continue to go to the past, uh huh, to play the shitty games that suck ass... Yeah, we're also going to talk about one episode where Rolf reviews a, a a video game that's not necessarily bad. It's actually considered one of the best video games of all time, and that's Majora's Mask. So you know, I had to do this episode, Majora's Mask, because my favorite Zelda game alongside Breath of the Wild. Also, we did an episode on it. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that game, just check out that episode. Indeed, but uh, I did like his take on Majora because. He, he kind of didn't have an overall positive reception of the game due to the frustration he experienced with the game's mechanics. And it's a very hit or miss game. You know, some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. He appreciated what was obviously well done, the story, the tone, etc. But, you know, the game does date itself quite a bit. The 3DS remake actually fixes a lot of those issues, but then also introduces some other things that change it too much. So it's really tough. But... You know, I, I definitely I felt all of his his complaints were were valid about the game. 
Definitely. I mean, I have very limited experience with Legend of Zelda games, like especially from the N sixty four era. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, th- those games kind of pass me by a little bit. Okay. But I mean, I can kind of see why he would be frustrated at those type of mechanics because, I mean, you just had Mario sixty four come out and pretty much define three D game mechanics and. You know, the, the the Zelda 64 games, yeah, they kind of followed that, but they just kind of ran into other issues because, you know, we're talking about a fundamentally different type of game, you know? That's the thing with Majora's Mask is is what the thing the, the thing about it is, is they're not necessarily faults or flaws with the game. They're just, there is a huge, huge, what's the word, difficulty gap? Yeah. It's yeah. not a good first Zelda game. I'll put it that way. I mean, even for players of Ocarina, it's hard. I mean, and for a lot of people, myself included, actually, I think this is why the game works so effectively for me is because it's so tense. But, you know, uh, the nerd brings that up is that the, you know, the, the movie, kind. I mean, the vi- movie, the video game kind of throws anxiety on you the entire time with the time limit. Yeah, I think that's really the underlying theme of the whole game is just anxiety. And And... I find that to be masterful, but for some people, it may just not be your cup of tea. It may not be enjoyable for you to play a game. And due to the limitations of the hardware, obviously the game can be frustrating at times too. And no actual real saving system except for reversing time. Yeah, I mean, I, it didn't N64 have a memory card function? I it mean, did, and, and, and but Ocarina of Time, you could save at any time. But with Majora's Mask, they went for a different angle. They have There are these quick saves, although they're not in the Japanese version, but there are quick saves that are, that are one-time loads where you save and quit, and then you can reload it once. And then when you reset time, that also saves the game, and that's the only time you truly save the game. So it's just structured that way actually on purpose. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see it that way, you know? So when you yeah. go into Majora and you're going in for a game th- play, you know, a, a playthrough segment, section session i guess i should say <laughs> um <laughs> expect to play a three-day cycle and and so you know that rolf i guess obviously has other things going on in his life i mean i understand that james you know is constantly busy with what he's doing so i can imagine that you know sometimes that wasn't always easy to do i mean he mentions leaving the console on overnight and hoping there's no power outage yeah yeah exactly but I also want to kind of talk about that episode just at, you know as an episode alone. Uh-huh. I like the whole conceit where you know he kind of has the uh, the large uh, menacing moon up in the sky, yes. you know, kind That's of, cool. which kind of felt fell into the theme of that year. That that came out in twenty twenty. You know, it's like it, it's almost like an apocalyptic nerd episode in a way. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think that was. December 2019 so it was 2019 so it was approaching 2020 approaching 2020 it's very apocalyptic feeling you know it's almost kind of prescient you know it's kind of uh yeah it's uh there's a little bit of foreshadowing there yeah how did he know this was all coming to shit (laughs) yeah it's it's almost kind of like the earthbound episode where you know he actually kind of tackles the heavier themes of that particular game and Oh my God! When it comes to the Mother series, yeah, talk about heavy themes, and especially in Earthbound Two near the end. Yeah, I mean, just just you know, like Gygus. Oh my Lord! Like I mean, we got to play through that game. Like, like we're we're playing through Final Fantasy Seven right now. Yeah, and I got Earthbound actually on my Switch. I'd like to play it all the way through. Excellent. Yeah. No. No. Play that game. It's it's an important game, honestly. Yeah, it's it's but, one that kind of you know I I I'd missed up until now, and I'd I'd love to kind of it, get into it, it. It's pretty much like with with uh, 
Link to the Past and uh, Super Mario World. It's it's an important game on the Super Nintendo. So yeah, yeah. Well, all right. So what is our final pick for you, Bo? My final pick is Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub Zero. And for one, it's a game that goes back a little ways because, you know, me and my friends, we were always Mortal Kombat fans. I mean, I think we talked about that on our Mortal Kombat episodes that we did, but what was what was interesting about what they were trying to do with Mortal Kombat mythologies is that they were trying to add more of an action-slash-RPG element to everything. Like, yeah. like back, back when it came out... Me and my friend Joey, we were just like, oh, this is going to be the Mortal Kombat RPG, you know, because we were big into like JRPGs back in the day, you know, like, like in anything that had those type of mechanics where you're not, you know, you grind a little bit and then you like go up in levels and everything like Mm -hmm. that really appealed to us. And I mean, with uh, this game, I mean, we thought it would go down that kind of be in that bailiwick, you know, but ultimately it just kind of. It was just too difficult, mm-hmm. like especially with the controls. It's just too fucking difficult. Like yeah, like having to actually switch back and forth. Which you you actually proposed a way to fix that mechanic. Yeah, I mean if if like in other Mortal Kombat games, when you were facing only one enemy, if it would just auto switch to face the right enemy, that would be fine. And then just relegate the B button to whenever there are multiple targets and you have to switch between them. Yeah, kind of like a targeting system, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, that actually makes a terrible amount of sense, honestly. Yeah, just just, just use the B button to switch whenever you need to. But other than that, you know, automatically target like you normally would. That would fix that game. But I, I remember, you know, one, one thing that James talks about in that episode is that uh, it was actually one of the Mortal Kombat games that passed him by, even though he was a huge fan of the series. Oh, yeah, and he really goes into Mortal Kombat there a little bit. I mean, he later on did some episodes about Mortal Kombat, both, like, like the actual ports of the game that came out, like, back in the day, and also uh-huh. and also he talked about, uh, what else? Yeah, the Mortal Kombat clones and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I've, we've seen those episodes, I think. We, we were preparing for talking about Mortal Kombat last season. Yeah, yeah, we actually watched those episodes in preparation, so. Right. Yeah, definitely, but... With with Mortal Kombat mythologies, it's just god damn it's so fucking frustrating. And it I mean, I, I heard that it's even a little worse on N sixty four. Really? Because yeah, we played the PlayStation version. That had the FMV and everything. Mm-hmm. Like like actual live action FMV and whatnot. And it still had the same difficulty issues, man. Like 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 that one level where you can't go five steps without being crushed by a ginormous pillar. It's like, oh my god, I, I, I just remember just going back and forth and back and forth on that shit. And it's just <laughs> like, oh god, and and that makes it this prime AVGN material too. You know, I mean, especially if it's something that is just so batshit insanely difficult, like for no reason. Right. It's like, yeah, those are typically episodes that are pretty good. Whenever he does them, and because he gets to lean into that character and just be just super angry about yeah, it, yeah, just really, really get pissed, you know, like you didn't really see that too much with the Majora's Mask episode or no. anything like that. But here, like, yeah, he's kind of allowed to really let loose because this is a game that's really unfair, really unforgiving, and you know, it it definitely leads to some 
heated gamer moments, probably. <laughs> For sure. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, my final pick is going to be the Christmas Carol episodes. So, uh, Which I- is incidentally playing right now. We have the playlist going. So... Yeah, yeah, we do. And and it starts off as a review of just one game, and then in the second part is when they start going into the ghost of Christmas past and shedding yeah, yeah, it's, actual it's, videos from his youth. Yeah, that's that was really interesting. You know, you actually kind of see that he's always kind of been like that, you know, he's with games. He's always been like a nerd. He's like, you know, my first 16-bit machine, and I was like, yes. It's I like, died. yes, that is that is the language of a true gamer right there. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, by that, that point. the character he plays is, is at least, you know, inspired by his real-life persona. If, you know, I'd imagine it's an exaggeration of it. Very much an exaggeration, you know, because there's even some footage of him as a kid getting angry <laughs> at a specific game. I don't remember which one, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, he was playing uh, Mario or something. but and Mario then 2? Yeah, I think Super Mario Brothers 2. But then he goes into the present and, and watches uh, himself play a game which is kind of weird because it's like i I don't know what's going on there but (laughs) yeah yeah but then there's the one where he's going where he meets the ghost of christmas future which is which is death from castlevania which is amazing yes it's amazing and and then he gets and then he uh talks about wii games yeah yeah of all things he talks about like far cry revenge and what else super Super monkey Monkey Ball ball and and uh boogie and Boogie, yeah, and he's and he's an old man, and he's playing the games, and I guess that was his kind of way of being like, okay, I can talk about like a modern game, but like we'll we'll make it a retro game, kind of like what uh, Nostalgia Critic did in his The Room episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, and, and I like that. That's actually my favorite part of the whole Christmas Carol thing. Honestly, is like. Because, I mean, by by that point, yeah, the Wii would have been contemporary with this particular era. Because th- this is some early video game. This is like 2007 or something like that? 2008? Yeah, 2000, 2007 is when it originally came out. So, yeah, I mean, th- this would have been contemporary. The first review to have a seventh-generation console, yeah. Wow. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah. But what other games did he talk about in this one? Oh shit! All kinds, man. He starts off with and incidentally with the Home Alone games. That's true. Yes, yeah. yes, that was it. Yeah, and I mentioned that earlier. So in the Christmas Curl episode, he actually reviews the NES Home Alone games. Yeah, he did. I'm trying to remember what else he he reviewed here. I'm not entirely sure. Ash is looking it up right now. Dead air. Oh no! And then during the 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 present day, it was oh Shaq Fu, of course. Shaq Fu. Oh damn! <laughs> I think I might have Shaq Fu on my auto bleam really? retro arc. Maybe. I I remember my buddy Joey having that game back in the day. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. The, it was just it's just a total mayhem again of just shitty games. All the way through, even up into the modern day. <laughs> yeah, and it's all to the tune of Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. So, yeah. so that's a fun episode. I like how you know in the later episode he also does a story, you know, with uh, the Grinch. It's how the nerds stole Christmas. Yeah, that's a funny episode. It, it it has a lot more like animated stills than anything. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a different episode, but I mean, all in all, I I. I 
enjoyed watching a lot of the uh, Angry Video Game Nerd holiday episodes recently. I mean, just to kind of go through and and, and watch all of them, it has been a lot of fun. I mean, we we even were were watching Twelve Days of Shitmas and the bad. Uh, game cover art yeah the bad game cover art one that's another honorable mention it's like that's another set of episodes that he did one year and it's it's it, it brings up some really painfully bad fucking co- video game covers it's it's terrible yeah i wish we had rolling rock we tried but the store was out yeah we tried to get some rolling rock you know you got to drink like the nerd right drink like the nerd i wanted to this episode damn it damn it we didn't get to do that but anyway, uh, stick around. We're going to actually be talking about the Home Alone games ourselves for the second part of this episode. So we got to play a few of them on Bo's PlayStation Classic, uh, downloaded a few ROMs online. Yeah, we mainly did the Nintendo versions, the Super Nintendo versions, and the Genesis versions. And the Genesis versions. So we're going to yeah. kind of talk about all of those. Um, again, I mean, it's kind of a celebration of the nerds still because uh, the Home Alone games have been talked about in more than one of his episodes. So. And, you know, we just talked about, you know, the Macaulay Culkin episode just now. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense to go in and talk about him. So, yeah. But anywho, after this intermission, we'll be back. Remember that old saying, it's better to give than to receive? Yes! Well, give yourself a thrill with the new Home Alone 2 Super Nintendo video game. Also available for your Game Boy and Nintendo Entertainment System. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with Collateral Cinema co-star Bo Maddox. Yo! And we are here to talk about the Home Alone games. Ah! Ah! (laughs) (laughs) I just had to do that, you know, like totally... Man, Home Alone was a great movie, I thought. At least the first one. It really was. But to tell the truth, I didn't really play the games back then because, you know, even I I never had a Nintendo, first of all. And when I did have a Super Nintendo, I didn't really have a lot of money or my mom didn't have a lot of money for a lot of games. So, I mean, I had to be pretty judicious with what I picked, Mm -hmm. you know, like... It was usually stuff like, you know, NBA Jam or, you know, like tur- like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, stuff like that. But no, I had never played these games until now. And fuck, man. <laughs> There's at least maybe one or two of them that's okay. But they're still exercises in frustration, man. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even starting out with the original Nintendo game, uh, first of all, we had no idea what the fuck to do. No, it's this weird kind of trap simulator almost, but which isn't the first time in this franchise that they've done that. Like, There's another game that we did that we're, that we're going to talk about that did that, but yeah. here it's not done real, rather well. I no, think. It's, it's not because you can barely see what's going on. I mean, I'll, I'll, honestly, this game really couldn't handle the Nintendo's power with what they were trying to do. No, it really didn't. Yeah, the graphics are not not the best. Very lackluster. I mean, you just get kind of a cutout of the house, and you're just going upstairs and downstairs, and 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 the trap system. You literally can only have one trap at a time and set one trap at a time, which is absolutely ridiculous. I think you can collect multiple, but you can only set one at a time. Yeah, that's just not good right there. And, I mean, and you have to stop and 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 
then press the button and there's a delay so it's not very efficient everybody's faster than you on screen it's just not very fun you get frustrated very quickly now here's a question what if uh, somebody made a home alone game that was like a first person like home alone simulator (laughs) like straight up like you can pretty much craft any traps use any type of like it has like a hardcore badass physics engine and everything you can even make it like a P2P multiplayer, you know, have like, you know, one like a group of people being the burglars and then like someone be like the kid or kids. Yeah, like an asymmetric multiplayer game. Yeah, it could where, be something like that, you know, where, you know, like the, the kid's job is to mainly fortify the house with traps and try to trap and try to repel the burglars. And the burglars are just trying to get in and either get the kid or get something in the house that's of value. I think that that could be a good game. A lot of potential there, There's yeah. potential there, but here it's just, back in the day, it's just not implemented well at all. Like, I, I just don't know what they were thinking here. No, in fact, I think all three versions of Home Alone 1 were trying to go for this sort of trap simulator. I mean, the Super Nintendo version of the game actually does that quite a bit better. It's the one that was actually okay, I think, in my opinion, but it's just so complicated for a fucking Home Alone game. It's very complicated. I mean, and that's kind of par for the course with a lot of Super Nintendo games. I mean, a lot of them could sometimes have a little bit of a difficulty gap there. Oh, wait, wait, a wait. learning curve. I'm talking about the Sega Genesis one. I mixed them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Sega Genesis the one. The Sega Genesis yeah. one is the one that's okay, but too complicated. The Super Nintendo one is... Like an upgraded version of the of the Nintendo one. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very just more of a side scrolling shoot 'em up platformer kind of. Yeah, more so than 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 being able than the traps. Yeah, yeah. There's not a whole lot of traps that are being there set there. Are, there are some, but yeah, it's some mainly yeah. it's mainly like shooting 'em up or whatever. And I and I and you're trying to gather all of the treasure in the house to send it down the chute. Yeah, to put it in the in the vault in the or vault. something. Which is something that absolutely does not happen in the fucking movie at all. No, it's like, what are they... In? So it just honestly takes too long. I mean, I think we got bored of it. It's very boring, and the, and the music is kind of grating. It's just... Like, there wasn't a whole lot of good music in either of these games, really. No. Except, except maybe the Genesis one, kind of. The Genesis one, so I guess let's go ahead and, yeah, we can talk about that one in more detail. So, like I said, it's more complicated, um, but you actually get to go uh, access multiple houses, and you sled around outside, go into a house, you, you open up the blueprints, and then you set traps throughout each room in the house. So, basically, like, all of the burglars are trying to, the, the wet... The wet bandits... The wet bandits yeah, her, her, are trying to loot, and so there's a loot meter, but there's also a pain meter. Every time they trip over a trap or get caught got by one, you know the pain meter goes up. So you're just trying to raise the pain meter before they loot everything. Yeah, and you also have you know projectiles that you can use. You have weapons here, but it is kind of more like a strategy game in a way. Really. Yeah, it's not really a platformer. You do some jumping and everything, but that's kind of not the point. No, here. it's not. The, the The point is to kind of use traps to repel the wet bandits. So, and I think that for the most part it excels. It's just the mechanic is just a little difficult to kind of parse through. You yeah. Know? 
Yeah, and, and even like the the menu screen, like whenever you pause the game is fucking complicated. I couldn't figure out how to equip a weapon. Yeah, that was actually really cumbersome. It was trying to equip items and weapons and you know, even figuring out how to use them, you know? Yeah. I kind of think that this was more acclimated for the three-button Sega controller than the six-button controller, because I kind of feel like maybe with a six-button control scheme, it probably would have been a little better. Right, yeah. But, it, it, yeah, it, it's decent. It's okay. We just, we really didn't, weren't hooked enough to really want to continue playing it, but we didn't end up dying in that one. No, we didn't. We actually played through that one quite a bit before we finally got bored with it. And I'm going to say it's an interesting concept. And, you know, like I said, I mean, the idea of a Home Alone trap simulator is actually really compelling, Mm -hmm. especially if that was made nowadays by like an indie gamer, an indie game company or something like that. Yeah, one that was handled much better, um, that was, you know, where the controls were were just a little bit, you know, more precise and and they were... It was just better made. Yeah. More care was put into it. That's why maybe a first-person perspective would probably be better. Yeah. But, yeah, as far as the Home Alone 2 games go, we didn't get to play the Super Nintendo version. But from what we saw on on the AVGN episodes, I mean, it's basically like just an upgraded version of the Nintendo version of the game. Practically so, honestly. It's just, you know, it's just literally set in New York. Right. So, So, like... Yeah, they're both, well, so the original, we played the Nintendo version of Home Alone 2, and it's all set in the hotel, and everybody in the hotel is trying to attack you. Everybody. There's there's goddamn mops that are trying to attack you, concierges, random old women, vacuum cleaners, uh, naked chefs. I, I will say you can, it, it plays a little bit better than the other Nintendo, the first Nintendo Home Alone game. You can actually see what's going on, but it's just too goddamn difficult. And why does is everything after you? That doesn't make any sense. I don't get it either. It, and, and there's no kind of structure on what to do. It's like if, if if we hadn't watched the episode, we wouldn't have known how to get into the elevator. No, not at all. And it takes fucking forever to get into the elevator. And it doesn't even take you anywhere that'll actually like lead to anything, you know? No, not at all. It's it's really ridiculous. It's like this is why I honestly really do feel for Macaulay Culkin in that <laughs> AVGN episode because he's just like, man, what the fuck did they do to my shit? Yeah, yeah. So it, he's in the hotel. Too bad Donald Trump isn't one of the enemies. Oh man, that would have been hilarious. Or like a <laughs> Donald Trump, uh, like uh, XP or something like that. Right. Also, can we talk about the stripping chef? Why? I don't no. know. The stripping chef is so <laughs> random. I know for a fact that that was not in the second Home Alone movie. And yet it's featured in two of the games. Oh, yeah, what the fuck? Why? Because I think you know the Super Nintendo version really was just uh, an upgraded version. It's the same thing, just in 16-bit. It really is, and it kind of boggles the mind. It's very lazy. I mean, it's it's almost practically an asset flip. That that that's why I just I didn't miss it too much when we were able to when we hadn't downloaded the the one. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I only had the other Nintendo or the Famicom version or whatever. Yeah, so you know we didn't get to check it out, but from the AVG episode, it's basically the same thing. Now the Genesis version instead takes place in the airport. Yeah, it starts in the airport, but it kind of has the same premise. You know, everybody is out to get you, like namely businessmen. And then you knock out an old man with balloons. 
and then <laughs> and then you and then yeah you, you literally knock an old man out with a baseball or a slingshot grab his balloons to float over and sneak past TSA agents yeah he's a little <laughs> asshole he really is man it's like they really like they really like pumped up his assholery a little bit but you know once you finally get kind of the, i guess the hang of the combat I, I hesitate at that word, but once you learn how to like hit the throw the baseball at the at the businessmen and uh, dodge their suitcases, and you finally figure out you know why there's a f- slingshot f- blinking on the bottom of the screen is because you're col- you can collect parts to make a slingshot, and you figure out that you can move things around. The game sort of picks up, and you know you're kind of like, oh, okay, so there's a general goal here. There's something going on. But, yeah, yeah. You know, it's still not fun. We never got past, I think, the first level because, again, more elevator bullshit. Oh, yeah. You have to go back to the elevator again. It's like, come on, man. I don't think we ever even made it into the fucking elevator this time. Also, what the fuck is the second item that you're building? Is that a pipe bomb? I don't know. Yeah, you. that's another thing about this. You literally have to go throughout the level and build your fucking weapons. Instead of just getting a a, a power-up for it, you have to, like, like for your slingshot, you have to get the actual slingshot frame, and you have to get the rubber band, and you have to get the, the ammo. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really, really frustrating. Yeah, and you know it's funny too is like the the item you start out with is unlimited baseballs. You think that would be better than slingshot pellets? I don't know. I don't know. A well placed slingshot pellet would take somebody down. Like it's not. I mean, it would probably be more less than lethal, but. I mean, you, I don't know. In Zelda games, the slingshot only stuns enemies. Yeah, it's probably more of a stunning thing. But if you have like a good glass bead, you probably could uh, do some damage. I'll tell you what, you can kill some bats with a slingshot. Apparently so. Yeah. At least in Zelda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my lord. But I guess that's all there is to say about the Home Alone games we played. Uh, we played Nintendo, Super Nintendo. And Genesis, we played Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Nothing to write home about. Most of them are awful. One or two of them are okay, but just didn't pique our interest. Now, in the AVGN episode, he did bring up a European-only release of Home Alone on PS2, but apparently it's oh, yeah. it's practically like a shovelware game. Like It's like shovelware-level graphics and everything. He didn't actually show gameplay from it, but from the screenshots that he showed, it looks terrible. It's like, <laughs> oh, no, what did you guys do? Yeah, that's kind of mind-boggling, though. I mean, we they skipped a whole generation. They had a PS2 game. How many years later? Like, Yeah, that's a good question. And only released in Europe. I guess what must have happened is it must have been planned as like a PS1 release, maybe? It must have been. But even that's kind of pushing it, because the original game came out on the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo. So I imagine that the, both of the movies sort of came out during the transition between those two consoles. I think so, yeah. And there must not have been a huge gap between them either. I, I don't think so, no. No. But, yeah. But in, anyway, the Home Alone games are just you know more examples of why licensed material is not necessarily good. Most of the time, they don't give a shit because they know they're going to make their money by using characters and films that people enjoy. Yeah, it's why there's so many shitty LJN games. I mean, they pretty much just picked up any, like, shitty fucking licensed game from any little uh, developer and they just published it, you know? And that's how we get shit like, you know, Friday the 13th or we get shit like, you know, Back to the Future. 
and you know shit like that yeah exactly but anyway i guess we'll sort of wrap things up here um bo what's coming up on collateral cinema well, right now, if you still want to celebrate the holiday season, we have two holiday-themed episodes, one for Collateral Cinema and one for the Director's Cut. On Collateral Cinema, we're joined by victims and villains to talk about Last Ounce of Courage, which was terrible. Terrible. And we also did a Director's Cut episode where we talked about our favorite, much like this episode right here, we talked about our favorite Cinema Snob holiday episodes, and we talked about Jesus Bro. Jesus, bro. Jesus, bro. And before the end of the year, we are going to have our Neil Breen edition of Collateral Cinema, where we're going to talk about his first movie, Double Down. So definitely be sure to look for that here very soon. And we do hope that you all have a happy new year and that you had a wonderful Christmas and everything and a holiday season or whatever. And yeah. Uh, look for us in the new year. We will have the second half of our season. Like we'll have a 420 episode out in April, and we'll our season finale will be Rocky Two. Hell yeah! It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. And and in January we're gonna have Last Action Hero and Born to Run. Fuck yeah! Coming up in January for Collateral Cinema, we are talking about Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. I love the Mario and Luigi RPG series. It is actually one of my favorite series. So it's going to be awesome to talk about the game that started it all on the GBA. Uh, We'll also touch on the 3DS remake of the game because I think it's a good remake. I haven't really played it, but I mean, I'm sure it is. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm excited to talk about that. And then uh, we've got plenty more coming up in collateral gaming and going into 2022 so just stay tuned uh new games game lunch episodes are planned and a lot more and we're really excited and and we're even kind of sort of planning out collateral cinema and collateral gaming uh next seasons already yeah we are kind of getting into that a little bit we're not really going to announce that until maybe a little closer to like the summer of oh, 22 of course. yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're just kind of brainstorming but just to let you guys know i mean it's it's all in the works and if you want to support that check out our patreon you can donate one or five dollars and get access to exclusive let's play video game commentaries uh when we have some more patrons uh, i'll even do some more or finish some of the ones that we have because, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i but it's a lot of fun doing that we're kind of have a whole backlog of commentaries yeah set up and and if as soon as i see more interest i mean i'll honestly put more effort into it and get those done more quickly yeah same on collateral cinema and on the director's cut and everything so yeah yeah. exactly but anywho uh like bo said i hope you guys had a, a very happy holiday season or what remains of it i am optimistic at least cautiously of 2022 uh 2021 wasn't so bad i mean it wasn't the shit show 2020 was at the very least i mean it wasn't great but it wasn't bad i mean fuck covid still i didn't get to spend christmas with my daughter yeah and i'm pissed i'm pissed about that yeah but you know it is what it is yeah well you know i'm pissed at covid yeah i mean no one's to blame but anywho um I guess that's it. 
That being said, I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Bo Maddox. This has been Collateral Gaming Bonus Round. We are out. Out. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.